killers, murderers, decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Crime Verse. I am Danny. Okay, so my partner is silent today. (laughs) Clearly, I am by myself. I thought she gave me the eye because she was like, are you going to say something else? (laughs) It's fine. I'm fearless, Eagle. It's fine. Today we got something very different, very interesting. It's a cold case. It's an unsolved case because hey, we yeah, love yeah. those here on the yeah, definitely. Crime Verse. Uh, for for the record, every unsolved cases I have solved them. In his mind. Yeah, they solved. But today involves the murders of a pastor and a choir singer found on a makeshift lover's lane which shocked a small town and brought forth rampant accusations Mm. and inconsistent witness testimony. Mm -mm -mm. So, around 7.30 on the evening of Thursday, September 14, 1922, now this was two nights before Edward Hall's body was found beside an unidentified female corpse on a lover's lane outside of New Brunswick, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now, the phone rang at 23 Nickel Avenue, which was a Victorian mansion where Hall lived with his wife, Francie, or Francis, I think it's Francis, for a little more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Now, please note, Mr. Edward Hall is a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the couple's maids, 20-year-old Louise Geist, paused her work in the bedroom on the second floor and scurried across the hallway to answer the call. A woman on the other end of the line asked for the reverend. And Edward came out of the bathroom. He took the call and basically Louise was eavesdropping a little bit and she said he was like, yes, yes, that's too bad, yes. Couldn't we make arrangements for 8.15? Goodbye. Type of vibes. Hmm. Very, not a lot of information. Before long, Edward came down, put on his coat. Francis entered from the porch and he told her that he's going to make a call and would be home soon. Now, obviously, as a reverend, they get called to go pray for people or um, do house visits or things like that. So this is not out of the ordinary. Obviously, he could have been called away for anything. Yeah. Okay. Louise heard the reverend and as she passed through the kitchen where he was like oh isn't it a lovely evening made nice conversation and said good night to her and she watched as he walked down the street disappearing into the dusk where now she would never see him alive again so just some background the reverend edward wheeler hall had a youthful glow or set by thinning hair and brown eyes that beamed as his congregation under arched brows while he was entirely average in height and build and neither exceedingly handsome nor particularly hard on the eyes horse personality was intoxicating he had a great charisma and instantly warmed to his parish parishioners that is a mouthful (laughs) Mm -hmm. so basically he was your 
average friendly priest. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, oh, there's Father Brown coming down the road. He's such a great guy. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. The next morning, which was Friday, Louise woke up to the sound of the shutters being drawn on the first floor. And this mm. was her telltale sign that the Reverend had w- gotten up to catch the train into New York. Louise yeah. hopped out of bed and hurried downstairs to prepare breakfast. When she walked into the dining room a little after seven, however, she was greeted not by the reverend, but by his brother-in-law, Willie Stevens, right? Okay. Who was usually one of the last people at the table. Now, obviously, with it being a big house and yeah. being a rich family, often in those days, families lived together. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So... Seeing him at that hour was rather odd, but again, this man, this brother-in-law was known to be quite an odd character. <laughs> and when Louise asked him what he was doing up so early, he said she must rather ask Mrs. Hall. And she was like, okay. And this clearly meant something was a little bit wrong, but she kind of just left it. Yeah. As Louise passed the coat rack in the hallway, she put two and two together. The reverend's hat was not in its usual spot. He mm. hadn't come home. Yeah. She didn't think very much of it because the reverend always seemed to have a good excuse for those nights when he returned home late. Maybe his car had broken down, he'd missed the train back, or someone needed a ride somewhere. Sure. Okay. On the other hand, Louise had never known him to stay out all night, and mm. she figured that his appointment the previous evening, he might have been summoned back on another sick call so she even Mm. thought maybe he came back and went back early in the morning yeah she set the table for three and acted none the wiser when francis came down for breakfast about 20 minutes later francis was also not your hollywood (laughs) apparently (laughs) but she was considerably wealthy and had aristocratic blood Mm. now she actually had New Jersey royalty on both sides. Not like the king and queen, but basically just very important people on yeah. her family. Yeah. The Stevens and the Carpenters. She took immense pride in her noble ancestry, which stretched back to the founding of the Republic. <laughs> Francis's <laughs> great-grandfather, Ebenza Stevens, was the stuff of grade school history books. He hurled tea in the Boston Tea Party. Let's go. And joined the Continental Army after the Battle of Lexington, later corresponding with the founding fathers, such as Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. Now, Mm. I am the biggest Hamilton fan. And if anyone's watched Hamilton, my favorite actor is David Diggs, and he plays Thomas Jefferson. Not a fan of Thomas Jefferson, but I like David Diggs. He really does a good job. So I know a lot about the history of American Revolution due okay. to Lynn manuel Miranda's fantastic play. But that's okay. beside okay. the point. Mm. Let's go. While Frances never had children of her home, she was devoted to her family and its legacy, as well as charity and her church, which was St. John the Evangelist, where mm. she had taught Sunday school before meeting Edward seven years her junior, mm. uh, when he ascended to the pulpit in 1909. So she was older than him. She was okay. everything you'd expect from a well-bred woman from the late Victorian age. Proper and private okay she's Hmm. not your loud screeching (laughs) child running around the street yeah to a servant like louise francis was 
haughty air about her, but something seemed different when Louise greeted her employer that Friday morning in the dining room. Mm. Frances sat down and picked up her food, hardly eating. Louise hadn't set out the small silver water pitcher used by Reverend Hall to mix his instant coffee substitute. Now, normally, Frances would remind Louise to retrieve it, but Mm. not today. And there was this unspoken tension. And so Louise finally piped up and asked awkwardly if Mr. Hall was going to have breakfast in bed. She was playing dumb because she's trying to find out what's going on. Mm. And Francis replied, no, Louise, Mr. Hall has not been home all night. I don't know where he, he is. Mm. Louise was like, oh, have you, have you called the police? Was it an accident? She said, Mrs. Hall replied with, oh, I did. There hasn't been an accident. And Francis had actually phoned the station around 7 a.m. But to avoid any unpleasant notary she didn't specify that edward was missing so she didn't Mm, actually mm, file mm. like a missing persons report yeah louise couldn't help but notice in in sentence jingling as she cleared the table francis held a set of car keys and rustled them nervously that went on for most of the day as she paced the floor rushing over to the window whenever she heard a car slow down outside the house Mm. The next night, Louise eavesdropped on an intriguing phone call around 1.11 p.m. Her ears perked when she heard Francis say, no, there is nobody else. He was friendly with her. She's in the choir. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Her eldest cousin, as in Francis's eldest cousin, was Edward Carpenter. And he lived a, around a block away with his wife, Eloven. It was Edward, whom Francis then phoned the morning of the Saturday, the 16th, which was 36 hours after Edward had gone missing. And she said she, she, she just knew something terrible had happened. Hey, when shit. Edward arrived at the house, Francis explained everything that had transcribed. Edward leaving the house, his absence the following day, and the sinking fear that he must be dead. Otherwise, he sure, would have been home sure, or sure. called by now. And Edwin who had been out of town the previous day, was taken aback. It sounded strange and foreboding, but he tried his best to make everything remain calm. Mm. He said, let's not jump to conclusions. There's surely a logical explanation. In the meantime, Edwin and his wife, one of Francis's closest friends, tried to distract her. They basically sat with her all afternoon until a phone call rang when a reporter named Albert Cardinal from New Brunswick's Daily Home News phoned and he said that he had heard about the discovery of two bodies on an abandoned farm several miles from the mansion. The property was known as Phillips Farm, okay? And it was had this long dirt road that was popular with couples that kind of go down the road and just have their fun. And there were two bullet-ridden bodies that had been found under a tree. They were posed with a stack of love letters between them and Hull's calling card had been placed near his left foot. After venturing, mm. venturing to the crime scene and inspecting the bodies and picking up the card with Hall's name printed in bold gothic letters, mm. Cardinal mm. had returned to his office and was now trying to establish discreetly whether Francis was yet aware of her husband's death. Mm. Francis hung up immediately and dialed the family attorney. She told him to get down to the newspaper offices right away and figure out what on earth was going on. Mm. Mm. 
Back at the Phillips farm, Detective George Totten surveyed the crime scene. He arrived at the tree with several other county officials more than an hour after the bodies were found. Mm. A county physician made his own inspection, determining that unless Hall had been sleeping at the very moment he was shot, someone had to have closed his eyes and repositioned his glasses post-mortem. Sure. Hall had been shot once through the head, but hey. the, the woman's body had been brutalized. She had been shot in the face three times and her Yo. throat had been slashed so deeply that she had nearly been decapitated. Later, an autopsy revealed that her tongue and larynx had been cut out uh. after they were killed. The couple's body had then been arranged in a near embrace. Kind of like yeah. there's a there's a skeleton that they found. It's a, a, a man and a woman and they look like they're like hugging each other. And it's always been speculated if this was Anthony and Cleopatra's body because we don't know where Anthony and Cleopatra's remains are. But mm. it's speculation. Anyway. The county sheriff began packing up the evidence. There was love letters, two handkerchiefs, a set of keys, a 32 caliber cartridge and Hall's calling card. Mm. Toten wasn't sure if the victims had died where the bodies were found or if they'd been taken to the spot after perishing elsewhere. Yeah. But in the absence of the of a gun, he knew it wasn't suicide. Yeah. Toten was inside the farmhouse when a reporter from Daily Home News, Frank Dina, showed up and said, I think I can identify the woman because obviously now we need to find out who she is. Frank, who lived around the block from the Hall home, knew something the others did not. That there was a rumors of Hall being friendly with a woman named Eleanor Mills, who was a choir singer at Hall's church. Hmm. Toten immediately escorted Frank through the crowds to the blood-soaked patch of earth where the bodies lay. Frank leaned in, drew down the woman's scarf... And to him, there was no doubt in his mind that this was Eleanor Mills, who was a wife, a mother, and a devoted congregant of the St. John the Evangelist Church. Mm. Before long, Francis's family attorney arrived on the scene with Edwin Carpenter. They'd received word about the murders and needed to see the truth with their own eyes. And they stood over the bodies and could hardly believe it was real. Sure. Uh, Elovin Carpenter then had to return and let Francis know that her husband was in fact dead and apparently this completely broke her. The case was clearly personal, however. Yeah. The Hall and Mills affair was apparently common knowledge around the town. Both of their spouses claimed they had been in the dark, an assertion that struck investigators, uh, investigators as highly suspicious. Frances, along with her brothers, William and Henry Stevens, have long been considered prime suspect hmm. Hmm. but try as it might the prosecution could never find evidence to convict the siblings and witness statements kept changing likely influenced by press coverage and attention seekers kept confessing to the murders hmm. and the physical evidence was destroyed when sightseers trampled on the crime scene looking for souvenirs because like I said, the police got there an hour after the bodies were found. And it's not like now when like a crime scene gets like mm. cut off to the public. Like people were kind of mm. just like there, like looking. Mm. As a result, Edward and Eleanor's murder have never been solved. And I'm very sure the wife and the brothers had something to do with it. I very much believe that. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. 
first okay. of all there's the whole thing of the brother being awake and then being suspicious about like ask the yeah, wife what's going mm. on and she's like the jangling like her keys and stuff and i like obviously one might think oh she was looking to see if the car came home if it was him coming home i more think she was nervous that police were driving up to her house mm. to now start like questioning her and things like that okay. and so um although what i do find also very intriguing is the fact that reporters told her that her husband was dead before the police told her her husband was dead like surely she should have been the first person mm. that they notified and i don't know if that's also now because like they were busy at the crime scene and now a reporter had seen things and was doing his own business you know mm. yeah, like like i said but i kind of just like again the fact the brother was awake i feel like maybe she did and I, the reason i'm also saying i think so is i think that's why the woman's body was worsely tortured it's probably like how dare you sleep with my okay, husband how dare you have an affair with my husband screw you like bah, 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 stab 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 it's like an anger thing like how on earth could you replace me like how how dare you type of thing like you could see with the woman there was definitely mm. more anger and then obviously just killing the husband out of like also probably just revenge and upset but i definitely mm. think there was a more personal note to the woman being like how dare she how because i mean i think the, the worst scumbags of the earth are women who have affairs with men they know are married mm. like it's a different thing if a woman ha is with a relationship and then five years down the line she finds no the guy's been lying to her because then mm. she's also a victim but i mean this woman was in the church there's no way you, she didn't know the priest was married absolutely no way probably even had the ring on the do you finger. get what i'm saying yeah. so i honestly think that it was like how dare you get with my husband so i think that's why the woman's one was more severe i think there was definitely anger involved mm. um and so yeah i don't know how they did it um and doing it on a secluded farm obviously there's no witnesses there's you're out in the middle of nowhere i mean it does create a little bit of animosity okay so basically what you're saying is she probably sent the the brother to go and yeah it's probably stuff. like make her pay mm. like i don't i had the same thing i don't think the wife would have been there i don't mm. think she had the guts mm to have done it herself i think mm. the brothers would definitely have been involved mm. but also okay. like waiting so long like if 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 you're if your husband goes out right okay if, if my okay i'm not married but if my husband went out and is getting to like midnight and he's still not home i'm phoning the police i'm not waiting till the morning mm. Mm. yeah it's like yeah midnight and he's not home yet like yeah yeah there's a problem mm. and especially like i'm co i'm phoning the police straight away i'm not waiting yeah and so then the fact also she only phoned her brother-in-law or not her brother her cousin or whatever the face whatever it was mm. 36 hours you're telling me you didn't know where your husband was for 36 hours nah that's impossible i would be in a complete array of mess i would be out there searching for him myself yeah 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had the same thing, except I wasn't looking at the wife and the brothers. I was looking at the other person's husband. Oh my word, I forgot about... But then what... <laughs> But you see, if it was the husband, I think the reverend would have been more thing, or is it more he was angry at his wife? Yeah. Maybe they work together. Mm. You never know. <laughs> you never know. I just, I definitely, I think it's, mm, mm, I think mm. also the fact that like people took things from the crime scene and were walking around it, I think that has obviously played in a big role, especially because this is 1922. Yeah. It's not exactly FBI drones to get footage and all that jazz. I mean, it's, it's, it's 1922. So. Yeah, but I definitely think I definitely think the murder had something to do with the affair, especially because yeah. all their love letters mm. were piled in the middle of them. That is clear as day. Uh, I, I definitely think it was the, the woman's husband. I mean, the love letters would be at Wu's house. Well, the I mean, woman. there were probably love letters between each other. Mm. Uh, what, uh, okay, so yeah. let's just say it's yeah. either one of the spouses. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of Definitely. the spouses. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, it's 1922. It's not like we're ever going to get an answer to this. <laughs> but I definitely believe it was either Eleanor Mills' husband or mm -hmm. Edward Hall's wife. It's one of the two. If they work together, if they didn't work together, but it was definitely... And shame on you, Mr. Edward. You're a priest. Aye, aye, you get up there aye. on the pulpit every Sunday preaching the word of God. You're going to yeah. have an affair, fam, guys. Like, what? Practice what you preach, my guy. Like, really? Aye. That's like that's like the pastor of Hill. I don't know. Not I'm trying to think of a big known church. <laughs> Hillsong. You, it's yeah. like the pastor of Hillsong being found out to be a drug addict. Like, what? Aye, aye, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, not very good morals you're setting there, sir. Mm. But yes, that is the story of um, the Halls and Mills murder. Uh, like we said, we definitely believe that it was one of his spouses. Mm -hmm. Anything you'd like to add before we end? Oh, it could have been one of the congregation members that were like, those two, what they're doing is wrong. We'll teach them a lesson. <laughs> My word. Okay, that is some other form of justice. <laughs> but anyway, from now until next time, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Haven't you heard? It's the Netflix of radio. Radio. Become part of the Active FM family today. Go check out more of the shows and chat with us on our social media platforms. more than just a radio station with amazing content we are active FM. share your thoughts with us send in your questions or simply tell us what you love most about active FM on our whatsapp line radio has never been better Active FM Radio has never been better.